At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 208. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Oh, I am having a day today, buddy. Uh-oh. Just, I couldn't find an email that you sent to me last week. Couldn't find it. It's there. It's probably laughing at me right in the face, but I can't find it. I'm having, I'm sweating buckets at the bottom. Like, oh, I'm, no. in my, I'm in my basement. I'm sweating. I can't, I can't stop working all day. It's been a day, buddy. What about you? Um, well, first, I'm sorry you're having one of those days. It's it's rough. It happens to everyone, though. Unfortunately, um, for me, I'm a little I'm a little pissed off. So I, as as you know, because you've been to my house, uh, I live very close to a college. So I there's no school going on right now. So there's like a big open parking lot. So that's where we like to walk the dog because it's it's secluded. Like she gets distracted easily and stuff like that. And on our nightly walk this evening before we recorded, uh, there was another dog who I don't know the person, but like I've seen this dog around. Well, the dog got loose and nipped at my dog's ankles and she was bleeding. So I had to take her home. We uh, cleaned her up. She's fine, but it just like it just spooked her and it kind of spooked us at the at the time because that that's like. I don't know you're not expecting that you know yeah no like honestly so the, the dog just kind of like oh no they got off leash or they let go of the leash because they weren't holding it I, right or they just let go of the dog and like oh, honestly whoops, that happened like honestly it all happened so fast i think she kind of like tripped or like lost her balance or something and like it was a bigger dog so like the strength kind of like like she was trying to pull and hang on to it and i think the dog was kind of just too strong for her Sounds like someone who doesn't know how to hold a leash properly to me. Pro- probably. Again, like I said, it, it all happened like in, in the blink of a second. So like, I don't know exactly how it happened, but like one second, the dog's pulling the next second. It's running at us. I'm like, God damn it. Come on, man. Yeah. Hold the leash. Don't just grab it. Like you're grabbing a rope into your, like around it with your hand, go through the loop of the leash and grab it around that way. So if you fall, the, to- the the dog if they run in this situation just hold like it pulls your hand basically you're probably gonna hurt it's gonna hurt you real bad but your dog is gonna go running somewhere else yeah oh that bums me out exactly so just a little bit frustrated so um i, th- I think we're both both a little frustrated so excited to get into this episode and kind of just like forget about this bs of a wednesday absolutely stupid wednesdays uh before we do that mitch we have uh something to talk about quickly so Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men or women worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's FANSIDED20 for 20% off free shipping on anything on the website, Mitch. Always a good get. 
Absolutely. Love my 4.0. Love the, the family of products that come with it. The preserver and the refresher. Love it. Constant rotation going on here. Absolutely. So let's jump into the episode, Mitch. Last time we talked, we were talking about Adam Pellick filing for arbitration. And the arbitration date was supposed to be today, if you remember correctly. And we're probably like, oh, you know, Lou's going to wait till the last minute to get something done. And meanwhile, Mitch, pretty much the next day, right after that podcast comes out, there's a deal for Adam Pellick. We had some real Islanders news this week. We had a signing. And then we thought, oh, boy, here we go, all the other ones. We'll get to what happens after that. Um, And I'll remember to get to that next time. (laughs) But, um, yeah, Adam Pellick signs eight years, 575 per year absolutely steal of a deal yeah absolutely so adam pellick will be a new york islander for eight more years cap hit comes in at 575 that was probably and we talked about it on the patreon um but that was a little bit more than mitch and i originally anticipated but neither of us are really complaining about that i would absolutely sign up for him you know for again eight more years at that cap hit for sure 100 percent right like yes i know when i initially said my my prediction was four and a half and that looks silly now uh fully admit that that's the case uh but i didn't factor eight years i didn't think it would even take eight years which is even sillier right like you'd think that eight years the aav would maybe be a little bit higher obviously i guess you do the eight years to bring the aav down so maybe what i'm saying here isn't necessarily accurate but the idea here is that he, you want to keep him long term, that AAV is going to go higher than my basement four and a half. And it certainly did. $5.75 million is a steal for what is really the elite, like the top number one shutdown defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. All the advanced analytics love Adam Pellick, and, and for good reason, because he just night in and night out is shutting out you know, shutting down top pair or, or excuse me, top line guys. And we saw just a couple of years ago what happens when he's not in the lineup for the New York Islanders. And uh, the fact that he's going to be here through the entirety of his prime is a good thing. Absolutely. You're right in that he's shutting down top end guys. And it goes even beyond that, right? Like his ability to help his team create offense. And it's not to say that he puts up a bunch of points, but what his play does to enable offense to be created is underrated. He is one of the better, I shouldn't say better, like two-way players, but he's underrated in terms of his ability to create offense based off of the plays that he is making in the defensive zone and out towards the offensive zone. It really is. He's one of the top players to do that on the blue line. He doesn't put up the points to back it up if you look at the eye test, uh, but the underlying numbers say that what he does to maybe not drive play directly, but to generate some sort of offense is really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the Islanders clearly benefit when he's on the ice. And, well, we saw the the Pelic and Pulak pair. They've been good now for three years, but I really feel like they took their game to another level this year. Oh, 100%, right? So you've got these two guys locked in at nine, well, sorry, not nine, $10.75 million combined, where you got guys like Darnell Nurse making $9.25 million. Yeah, that's wild. I don't I don't get that one. A- alone, right? Or, or guys like Seth Jones making nine and a half alone, right? That whoever else is next to him is probably going to be making more than $1.5 million, I would imagine. Yeah, I... That's that. That's nuts, dude. You're you're right though. Like uh, you don't think of it like that, but that's probably that's a good way to look at it for sure. Right. They locked in their top pair guys uh, next year. Ryan Pollock is gonna have to come up uh, again, but they've got them locked in this year for under maybe not under, but just under eleven million dollars combined, and uh, they're the best tandem in the league. There, there's no question. There's no qu- yes. The points might not be there for sure. We all saw that. But my God, was Ryan Pollock snake bitten last year? But yeah. the, the tandem as it stands, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock complementing each other perfectly and play a perfect tandem game. And it's absolutely led to uh, the resurgence of the New York Islanders over the last couple of years. Not to completely veer off topic here, but just for a brief second, and then we'll get it back to Adam Pellick. Uh, I am very much so going to ride the Ryan Pulak isn't going to score two goals during the regular season train, just like the Anders Lee isn't going to score two power play goals 
uh, from last year all over again. So that's that's my new version of last year's gimmick with Anders Lee. Just wanted to throw that out there quick. Yeah, can we take futures on the Ryan Pollock scoring two-plus goals, <laughs> like 2.5 over? Yes. What's the line on that? Yeah, he's going to be right back to his 9 or 10, believe me. Um, anyway, with Adam Pellick, uh, in, in addition to us being excited about you know him being re-signed, now normally when you see people sign eight-year deals – it gets a little bit scary because usually on those long-term deals, it's like you're paying for the first half of that contract. But when it comes to Adam Pellick, there's two different models and two different projections that have him exceeding what his cap hit is supposed to be. And I want to talk about that a little bit briefly here. So the first one I have is from Jay Fresh Hockey, who he's looking at projected war versus cap hit expected war. Um, and for the entirety of the contract, you have Adam Pellick over. The first, I mean, it's pretty impressive. You have him at 1.6, 1.6, 1. 1.5 the first three years. And his, you know, ex- the cap hit expected war is hovering right about, right around one. And it dips under one, you know, around the age 31 season. But even the very last year at age 35, he's still projected at 0.9 for projected war, which is above where the contract is saying he should be. Yeah. For anyone who's, who doesn't know what war is, it's wins above replacement. So how many wins does Adam Pellick get you over uh, just any one player? Think of Michael Dalcole on the blue line, Yeah. right? Like just replacement. You can call up any schmuck from the AHL, put him in, and Adam Pellick will get you X number of wins over that person. Uh, and, and he's giving you value over any of those players at that contract from day one to, to year eight. And that's wild, right? Because like you mentioned, that goes all the way to his year 34 season. That's not young. You don't expect a 34-year-old to be giving you more at $5.75 million. Right. And the one from Dom and I really find interesting too. Now, he uses goal, uh, GSVA, which is goal save versus average, right? I believe it's game score above average. Okay, my bad. Um, but what I also like about his is at the bottom, it gives what the each yearly market value is. And his market value for this year is $8 million. And it's his market value would be above what the 5.75 is up until the 2027 season when it drops to his value is a top four guy instead of a top uh, top pair guy. And at about four point seven million dollars is where he's projecting him what his value would be, which that's just I I mean, you're splitting hairs at that point. And that's so many years down the line. Right. It's not even splitting hairs, right? You're going like, okay, we might be losing money here at the end because we're paying him more than what the market dictates we should be paying him. But we've banked up so much value in the first seven years that it's fine, right? Like from what you told me, I just ran the quick math and maybe my math is off a little bit, but if he's expected or his market value in year one is eight and he's being paid 5.75, that means he's already banked 2.25 of extra value. The Islanders saved $2.25 million in year one. Year one, there's still another seven years after that for him to accumulate value, which he does from what you say until year eight. And even then it's, you know, barely anything like that's incredible, right? Like that, not only are you getting wins above replacement consistently from year one through year eight, but you're saving money. What? Yeah, which... Like it is so rare. I I don't think we can stress enough like how rare that is. Usually those long term deals are uh, turn out to be catastrophic at the end. But they're signing him at just he just turned twenty seven, or this will be his age twenty seven season. I forget exactly when his birthday is. Uh, but the point is, he's not like signing an eight year deal at age thirty. You know, so that that makes a huge difference. He turns twenty seven in five days. Okay. There you go. Happy early birthday, Adam Pellet. Yeah, he got his. He got his early birthday present from Lou. Unbelievable. So on that though, because we were just talking about, and you mentioned something uh, um, about all, all, you know, the the value of that contract, and it just made me think of just a couple of years ago that wouldn't be a thing, right? Like you got to think that 
the New York market is, I shouldn't say the market, but New York is high tax, right? There are a lot of, there's a big tax rate oh, here. Yeah. Uh, I should say here, I'm not there, but there is here anyways in Ottawa. The tax rate, <laughs> the tax rate is quite high. But usually you have to pay a premium for that, specifically for the Islanders. You had to pay an Islander premium. If you wanted to bring in someone or keep someone, you had to pay them, right? Like Andrew Ladd. You had to pay $5.5 million over seven years to ha- to have the privilege <laughs> of bringing in Andrew Ladd. And now we're not, what, four years later, maybe five years, if I need to do the math five, quick. Yeah. Five years later, we're getting Adam Pellick to re-sign an eight-year deal and get a bargain from year one through year eight. That is a wild turnaround. Yeah, and you got to give a lot of credit to Lou Lamarillo on this one. I know not every decision he's made has been perfect. You can get on him for some, but I think the far majority and just where this team was a few years ago to where they are now, it's really night and day. It couldn't be any further from you know the polar opposites of where the, 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 re- the direction of where they were to where they are now is... Honestly, still shocking. I feel like we say that almost every single episode of this show, but it's true. It is, right? Like, we went from scraping the barrel of the free agent market and having to pay a premium to do so to having elite-level players, Adam Pellick, Matthew Barzell as well, Ryan Pollock, elite, maybe not Ryan Pollock, but at Very least good. Adam Pellick and Matthew Barzell, elite-level players willing to take a discount in the prime of their careers to stay here. That is one hell of a turnaround. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. So I am extremely excited to watch more of Adam Pellick over the next few years, and I don't see him as someone who falls off quickly, and neither do the projections, obviously. No, and the, the thing that you have to consider with some of these falling off is, like you mentioned earlier, age. He won't turn 27 for another five days. You also have to factor in usage, right? Like, yeah, he plays a lot of minutes, and he plays tough minutes, but it's not like he's playing Johnny Boychuk-style hockey. Yeah, he can be physical. Yeah, he can be tough. But that's not, he's not playing a physical, tough, you know, beat him up game like Johnny Boychuk did. He's not abusing his body every shift he's going out there. No. To a certain extent, of course, relatively, all hockey players are literally abusing their bodies, right? They have spines of 70 year olds as 30 year olds. It's insane. Um, but he doesn't miss a lot of time either, right? Like, yeah, he missed time last year or two years ago in 2019 18, or sorry, 1920 with 38 games played. But before that, he doesn't really miss a beat. 78 games, 78 games, the two years before that. He's got 44 and 16, 17, but that's not really his fault. He was playing in Bridgeport most of the year. Right, exactly. And that that's a good point because when you look at what he does and how he plays the game, he's not someone where you're like, oh, it's going to fall off because his body's going to break down. Or he doesn't necessarily like rely on speed either. Like, I feel like he's just he's a fundamentally sound guy, and that is more likely to continue longer than someone who's like, hey, I'm I'm strictly a speed guy or, hey, you know, I'm a physical guy like Boychuk was a great example on that one. Um, And I think that plays a big role. And you talked about, yes, he's, you know, the top pair guy and he does play a lot of minutes relatively to the, you know, relative to the other Islanders. But how many top pair guys do you see playing 25, 26 minutes a night where Adam Pellick is, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm going to guess what's he at like 22, maybe. Let me bring it up. Adam Pellick hockey reference. Boom. There it is. Time on ice last year, 21 minutes and three seconds on average. Okay. So, so 21, let's call it. So that's, not we've see we see top pair guys who get significantly more than twenty one minutes a night a night. So it's not like you know he's getting you know outs or skating a, a whole lot each and every night. No, he's averaging twenty one minutes, just over twenty one minutes. Same thing last year, and before that he doesn't hit twenty. He doesn't average over twenty any other of the six years he's played in the NHL, and that sixth year was nine games in fifteen sixteen. Yeah, there are not a lot of miles on that body. No, there aren't. So I, I am very excited about this contract, and I think most Islanders, all I, I'll say all. I, I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about this deal. I can't imagine anyone being like, "We're gonna." Well, I'm sure there's someone, but like, we're gonna hate that deal in seven years. It's gonna be the worst. And you're gonna go, <sighs> okay, cool. But like, if it's really gonna come down to that seventh year and eighth year, aren't gonna be great. Okay, what do the six before that look like? Yeah. 
very I'm very fine. yeah I'm fine with that exactly very valid point uh anything else on Pelic before we move this thing forward just i can't wait to the season starts and i can't wait to find out these other deals right like we said and this is me getting back to it we thought adam Pelic once he signs and my god i was writing the article i had it all written out every word i was about to hit the enter button to publish but i wanted to proofread one more time because as we know i make typos um and as i'm doing that Boom, Arthur Staple, Adam Pellick signs eight-year deal. And I'm like, God, Jesus, Murphy, delete. <laughs> it happens. I mean, you're probably pissed in the moment, but also happy at the same time about the deal. Yeah, now i got to start writing a whole new thing. But yeah, we thought that once the Adam Pellick deal had been done, and we you referenced it earlier with the arbitration hearing, once we thought that was done on August 11th, everything else would come out because we thought Lou Lamorello just is hiding everything from everyone until he gets all his players signed, until he knows what the Adam Pellick number is, he can start feeding us everything else. Well, he hasn't done that yet, and it's been a couple of days now. And we don't know what's going on with Parise, Zajac, Sezikis, Palmieri, Anthony Bovillier, Ilya Sorokin. That's six players that were just sitting and waiting. Michael Del Cole, seven guys. Yeah, right. Did you say Goloshev too? I did. Eight. <laughs> there, exactly. There's a lot up in the air. Now, we pretty much we know they're coming back. We just have no idea what the deal is. We almost positive Sezikis is six years for two and a half million dollars, but everything else is up in the air. No. Yeah, and we thought that it you know, Adam Pellick signed. Okay, that was the domino that needed to fall for everything else. Nope, no such luck. What the heck is going on here? So what are the? I asked to you, and I know you don't really have an answer, but I'm curious to what you say to this. What's the holdup now? It's got to be a deal. He's got to be working on, on bringing someone in, which makes a lot of sense because there's a big glaring gap on the team, and that's left-hand defenseman on the second pair. Yeah, exactly. And we, I feel like we've talked about this a ton already, but just I would be extremely, and, and Mitch too, would be extremely surprised if Robin Sallow or Samuel Bulldog are like, hey, welcome to North American hockey. By the way, here's second pair minutes on a Stanley Cup caliber team. Good luck to you. That would go yeah. against every single team, every single thing, excuse me, this team has done in the last three years. They like to coddle the young guys, the inexperienced guys. How many times have we seen Noah Dobson getting under 10 minutes a night, under 12 minutes a night, and now we're going to expect someone who hasn't played in North America to come over and play, what, 18, 19 minutes a night? Come on. That's just insane. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. Not only is Barry Trotz not going to allow it, but Lou Lamarillo won't even get them on the roster for Barry Trotz to, for some reason, allow them to do that. It's just not going to happen. I don't think so. Right? Like, maybe Lou is forced into doing so, but there's one thing that Lou... Well, maybe there's two things that we know about Lou Lamarillo. Three, sorry. He's got weird rules, he takes his time, and he applies that second lesson to rookies. If you have time, take it. And he's going to make his rookies take the time. That's what he does time and time and time again. It would be surprising if he's rushing anyone into a position that they may not be ready for. So to me, the holdup is they're, wait, they're working on a trade, trying to get someone like Hampus Lindholm or maybe even Vince Dunn from Seattle at $4 million. That is quite appetizing. Um, or, or even Cam Fowler, although that contract is long. Yeah, I don't love that Cam Fowler deal, to be honest with you. Um, no, the, my favorite, I think I made this one pretty clear is, is Vince Dunn. Uh, I, I thought, oh my God, would it have been great to get Dunn and Tarasenko all in one mega deal? But that ship has long sailed. Uh, I really don't know what the plan is at lefty, but I tend to agree with you. I think this shows that the wheels are still in motion on something more happening. Like I, I, I don't anticipate it be like, Hey, the day before camp, I'm going to announce that. You know, all these deals, the Palmieri money, the the Zajac money, you know, all of it um, just to screw with people um, because I can kind of a thing. I think it's because, hey, I'm trying to, you know, make moves here and I don't want to know how the, everyone else to know how close I am to the cap. That's just it, right? He's 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 keeping his cards close to his chest and he's working on something. What it is will, will remains to be seen, if anything, right? Like just because he's working on it doesn't mean he's going to pull it off because, you know, they might be asking for way too much, which is why he's waiting, going like, all right, well, 
this is what you're asking now. Let's wait two months and see if you're in the same position. When, you know, when Vladimir Tarasenko's like, I don't want to come to camp because I don't want to play for you. Please move me. They might have to do something. Right, exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say when training camp starts, whenever that is, we have no idea yet. Um, for, for some reason, they haven't really announced that. But when training camp rolls around and, like you said, Tarasenko doesn't report, then it's like, oh, okay, well, now what do we do? And then his value comes exactly. down. So Lou's got some work to do, but on our second our second topic here is the work that Lou has already done, and that's specifically navigating the cap. Yeah, absolutely. So I think really the two biggest ones to me was, was last year the Devontae's trade was the big one to stay under the cap um, and get a couple of picks, but that led to the ability to move the Andrew Ladd contract and I mean they moved Nick Letty and was able to recoup a second round pick as well so is it almost is it fair to say that it all worked out in the end yeah 100% of course some people are going to say like well we have one glaring hole and that's the left hand defenseman and one of the things we moved was a left hand defenseman who could play that role and you're going yeah you're right but if we don't move Devontae's last year because we couldn't move Nick Letty last year the market was not there for Nick Letty or at least the market that Lou wanted right like Lou's price wasn't there last year for Nick Letty you've got to move pardon me Devontae's you you can't move anyone else who else on that blue line are you going to move Adam Pellick or or Scott Mayfield no. you can't you need those contracts yeah exactly they they didn't have a choice and it was it's also tough. I don't think people give enough credit to Lou or, or give him this excuse enough of the, of the cap remaining the way that it was. Everyone was anticipating. Every single team in the league was anticipating the cap going up. And for some reason, nobody ever talks about Vegas trading Nate Schmidt, who's arguably at the time was arguably a better defenseman for a third round pick, a singular third round pick. Um, but he doesn't get killed. Only Lou does because, I don't know, people like to kill Lou. Because Devontae's is an analytics darling. And I don't want to make this necessarily an analytics argument, but those are one of the things, right? Like you're trading away a guy who could play top pair minutes and move the puck and put up points. And you're going, yes, that is true. That's why we have to move him. It's not because he's not good. It's not because the Islanders don't want him. It's that he's got the only value that is movable. And the price that we got for him is palatable right you get two second round picks you're going all right well that's yes not first round picks but that's still quite a bit and like you said now we're able to move the Andrew Ladd contract so we shed two players you move Devontae so you can move Andrew Ladd that is a big deal you moved 5.5 million dollars off the cap over the next two years that's insane yeah it makes it makes a really big difference so um while yes, having in this situation now, having a Devontae's on the team would be nice, and I'm not an anti Devontae's person, but at the same time, like the Islanders just got back to where they were last year when Devontae's was on the team. So, like, what are we arguing over here? I guess is my, my point that I always like to bring up on this. That's exactly it. The idea here is that Lou Lamarilla has been able to successfully navigate the cap for back-to-back years now when the Islanders were right up against it, right? Yeah. Like one of the teams you're going, it's not possible, right? We all thought offer sheets were coming from Matthew Barzell because the Islanders had no way of affording all these players. And here we are, Lou navigates it last year like a boss, and then this year does it even better when he's like, you thought I couldn't move Andrew Ladd, eh? Guess what? Boom, there he goes. And we're all going like, holy hell, he's doing it again. Of course, yes, there's still a hole on the blue line for the Islanders, but my God, they still have some flexibility here. They still have, yes, they have all those contracts we were talking about, but there's, what is it? Uh, Where am I going here? I can't find them on cap friendly for some dumb reason. They have $11.9 million of cap space right now, and that does not include Johnny Boychuk on LTIR. It also includes Richard Panik and Leo Komarov, two guys that we don't think will be on the roster at all. So there's another at least two point some odd million dollars plus Johnny Boychuk that they can clear here. Right. And I mean, we talked about uh, waving Ross Johnston as well, which would be another million. So there there are ways of making this work. 
right? Like six uh, from Johnny Boychuk. Um, 1.125 from those two guys, Leo and Richard Ponick. And then another million dollars buried from Ross Johnson is 9.25. You add that to the, where's my mouse? The, the bane of having three screens and that it just gets <laughs> locked on the top right one. I need four so I can move it around a little bit easier. So I'm going to have to convince my wife I got to buy a fourth monitor just because I get the mouse stuck. There you go. I don't think she'll go for it. Sorry. So they have 9.25 of money we think they could generate, or not generate, but cast space they could quote unquote generate. Add that to the 11.92 they've got now, and that's $21.17 million left to go. That's that that works, right? And we said like what Bo and and Sorokin is going to cost probably somewhere around seven million dollars. We'll say seven, seven or eight. and a half. Yeah, I was going to say seven or eight. So that's fair. That's still thirteen billion dollars for Parise, Zajac, Sezikis, and and um, oh my god, I'm blanking his name, Palmieri. Yeah, can we can we let's play a little bit? So let's do two five for Sezikis. What do you think Palmieri is going to get? Four seven five. I think, sure. Let's do four seven five. And then, and then what? Two million dollars combined for the other two guys. Sure. Four point four two million dollars. Okay, you could work with that. Right. Of course, we're not talking about Michael Del Cole, and we're not talking about Anatoly Golishev, but those are going to be two way deals that are going to be buried in the in the AHL. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, you, you can. You have room. You have room to do things. There, there's room here to add a defenseman. There is room here. Um, so, yeah, this is... Uh, Lou's navigating the cap masterfully yet again. Yes, he's going to be right up against it, but you don't worry about that when you're winning championships, right? Like, their window is now. This is when you spend to the limit. You're not going to spend to the limit when you're the Ottawa Senators and you have no hope of winning anything. Right, like that's the thing. It's not like what what good is cap space if you're trying to win a championship? You want to build the most complete team as possible. Like I don't like there's no value in that. If you're right, if it, you're the Ottawa Senators or a, a team like that and you're rebuilding, obviously don't spend to the cap. You're just going to hamstring yourself on what you can and can't do. But for a team that's going for it and trying to win, what's the difference if it says 5 million dollars? of cap space or $1 million left in cap space, right? Just use it. Might as well maximize what you've got. And, and that's what the Islanders are doing. Of course, some people will go like, well, they can still maximize it by like, what if you traded Josh Bailey for Vladimir Tarasenko? Yeah, well, sure, cool. Yeah. That would be great-ish, right? Like losing Josh Bailey wouldn't be good, but like you can see the clear one-for-one -one upgrade there. And it obviously wouldn't cost Josh Bailey for Vladimir Tarasenko, but the argument here is that are there upgrades that you can make based off the, the players you've got? Yeah, of course. But, like, does that actually result in more wins? Who knows? We know what this roster can do. We know what this roster has. My God, let's see it through. No, absolutely. So, yeah, Lou, not a bad job from Lou. And they seem to be coming out of it, too, because it's rumored to go up by a million dollars for next season, 2022. Right, and that that's great. Now you've got that going up. You would imagine it goes up next year now that you're able to get butts and seats, at least for what seems to be the whole season. Um, so this is going to be a good thing for the New York Islanders going forward. Absolutely. Anything else on Lou before we get to down on the form? Uh, just looking at next year, there's two guys that I'm looking at right now that are coming off the books, and that's Cal Clutterbuck and Leo Komarov. That's $6.5 million of freed-up cap space. And Ross Johnson, $7.5 million gone. Yeah, they're going to have to spend for to keep uh, Ryan Pollock, so I'm, I'm okay right. with that. Absolutely. So, yeah, down on the farm, uh, we have hockey games going on. They're friendlies, of course, they're, and by friendlies I mean some of them are intra-league play some of them are interleague so preseason hockey um today russell Ishikov and uh, alexander leonkrans both played they both scored a, a goal for the respective teams so good job by them things are going well for their preseason leonkrans was playing third line left wing whereas uh Ishikov third line center but i don't expect that to stick i expect Ishikov to fit in the top six center role just by the way that their gm was talking about him okay uh, outside of that, the uh, Swedish team has, has announced their roster for the next kind of tournament that they're going to play. And Alexander Lundqvist made that team. Mm, that's good. Now, 
the thing with that team is that there's a lot of new faces, so they're looking at at that at the next wave, and he's one of the few players to stay. I don't take that as such a positive. It's obviously a positive to be representing your your team or your your national your your nation, I should say. But I I don't think that this is like you're a lock to make it. We want we're we're bringing you into play again. I think it's a we're still not sure if we want to bring you. So like let's take another look. Oh, okay. I didn't look at it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. I think 18 players. No, there's yeah. So 18 of the 22 players are new. So they've only got four returning names, and Lundqvist is one of them. Okay. Yeah, you could spin it that way. Okay, I could see that argument. Um, uh, then there were games yesterday as well. Not a whole lot. Alexi Malinen and Thomas Mashu, those are late-round picks for the Islanders. Uh, uh, Malinen was a sixth-rounder this year. Mashu was a seventh-round this year. They both played. Mashu played at the top uh, on the top pair, uh, whereas Malinen played kind of you know second pair type role he played 15 minutes so i guess you could even argue it's bottom six um malinan had a point but it was completely accidental you could what i got out of that game though was his explosiveness he is an explosive skater he needs to work in his defensive game as everyone who's 18 or 19 needs to do but his skating it, it was very much on display in that preseason game that's good we like that so he, he's got he's got wheels for sure Okay, that's a positive sign. We we like guys who can skate a little bit. Absolutely. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot going on here. Team Canada wrapped up their their camp. I'm not sure if I talked about our two guys that were there. I think I may have mentioned that I don't expect them to be in the next round uh, for the so. team. Yeah, that sounds so. Familiar. That's Dufour and Lennox. I don't think that they're going to be part of the the equation for the World Junior Championships, but we'll see if they have a strong season that might turn things around. Okay. Awesome. Oh, well, I guess one other thing. Atu Ratu is in Finland, so I don't expect him to be making the move over as was talked about a possibility. It was a very thin possibility, but you know he's he's in Finland now. He is practicing with the team. He's going to be there for this season. I know someone might say, like, I didn't believe that for a second. That's fine. There was still a possibility, and he himself left the door open when I spoke to him. So he's staying in Finland this year. Okay. Yeah, as we, you know, anticipated, I think, with that one. So, no complaints. Yeah. Again, like, the chances of him staying possible were quite slim. Uh, so, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Shall we get to the quiz, Mitch? Let's do it. Oh, oh, he almost did it again. Hang on. There we go. Right <laughs> Every button. Every week, we have a mystery <laughs> New York Islander for you. Matt, you have five clues to guess who this New York Islander player is. Are you ready? Let's do it to it. Clue number one. Do it, do it. All right. Uh, I was born in Sweden. I was born in Sweden. This could be anybody. Next. Yeah, this could be anyone. Uh, next is I played nine seasons with the Islanders. Nine seasons with the Islanders. Uh, okay, next. I was the latest draft pick to ever play for them. So I was taken in the 14th round. 14th round. Okay. I don't know yet. I totaled 369 points in 622 games from the blue line. Hmm. Okay. So I'm a Swedish player. Yep. I played not a whole long, uh, a whole lot of time with the Islanders, uh, although nine years is pretty long. Late round pick, like 14th. So I got to think about when those were. Yeah. And, so, uh, hmm. Clue number five. I'm a person who won four cups. Oh. Mm. Steph. Steph. Stefan Pearson? Yes, okay. sir. Oh, oh, that makes sense with the purse. Okay. Okay. See, I thought you were, you know, my brain was going to, who was it? Wasn't it one of the, uh, the Sutter brothers who were like on it for two and then was a coach for one of them or something like that? You're thinking of Lauren Henning. Oh, my bad. That's what, that's but where still, my brain you, was going. I was not the, okay. That, you were in the right era, right era of the team. That's all that matters. This is just for the fun of yes. it. 
Your right error too. Good job. And Lauren Henning, good. That would have been a good clue. A good, good pull. Guess. Yeah, I just I couldn't remember the name, but yeah, that's where my brain went. All right, good one this week, Mitch. You had me stumped. Yes, I, I was stuck on on um on draftees, so I went this way. And before someone comes back to me, I'm sure someone or a player was drafted in a later round, like a 20, 25th round. I I that's not they weren't actual full rounds, so I don't count those. That's fair. My brain was also going uh, Kenny Johnson at first too. By the way, when you're talking about Swedish defensemen, would have been a good a good guess too. There we go. Shall we get to the social segment, Mitch? Yes. What sir. do you got for us this week? Uh, first one comes from Alec Punished Pliskin, who says, "Are those balloons going to skate along Lee and Barzy?" And that was in reference to the Islanders tweeting, "The countdown is on. A hundred days until opening night at UBS Arena." Oh. <laughs> oh 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 okay no i saw that my god <laughs> completely missed the point of the... <laughs> um they had three balloons the one zero zero and then alec here is saying like are they gonna play next to barzy and, and and lee because we don't theoretically have a top line right wing right now okay now i get it it took me <laughs> it took me a second but okay there you go i thought this was going a different direction but all right no, that's that was me. Total fail on my behalf. Um, my first one is a series of tweets from friend of the show Rob Taub, who had uh some quotes from Robin Leonard, who was on the Cam and Strict, uh, yeah, Cam and Strict podcast, uh, and he was talking about how things ended with the Islanders, which was interesting. So I'm gonna share some of those quotes. The first one. Uh, says Robin Leonard on him not being re-signed with the Isles. The intention was to get things done at our end-of-year meeting. We talked, and I was going to be a priority to get something done quickly. That didn't happen. Um, he then goes on to say that he received a an offer of two years for $4.5 million a year. And he said that he wanted, he was looking for more term and thought he was worth more than $5 million. And then he also dropped one more little spicy nugget that I found interesting was that the Islanders' plan was to bring in both Panarin and Varlamov because they shared the same agent as a package deal. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, but that's a, a lot to break down. Sorry, I give you kind of all that at once. Yeah. The one thing that stands out to me is the plan was always Sorokin, and when Leonard wanted more than two, the Islanders were out. Right, like two years brings him to last year, so that would theoretically be this year for Sorokin. Yeah, uh, and the Islanders were not willing to go too much further than two years. Yeah, that I guess that makes sense, right? I guess they were hoping for a, a long, like the plan was always to get Sorokin over last year to to play. Sorry, that is. And you would think that it would have been a longer season than just 56 games. And so you, maybe they would have had a larger sample size. And obviously the plan was also maybe to have um, a, a longer year last year where he probably could have got some of the AHL playing time like Igor Shosturkin got. And by I say last year, I mean two years ago. Um, that Igor Shosturkin got with the Rangers in Hartford. So like the plan to me seems... We were we we plan on giving Ilya Sorokin the starting role in 21-22. Obviously COVID changed that. Um, and when Robin Leonard said, I want three years or more than two, they're like, we're out. No, we can't. We don't want to do that. So then why give Varlama four then? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that one. That that puts a wrench right in the, the, the workings of my machination there. Uh, yeah, that is strange. Yeah, never mind. My whole Sorry, was I didn't worthless. mean to just like pour water on your fire there. No, that's per that's the whole point. Yes, pour water on my fire when you're like, hey, uh, you didn't think of this very crucial <laughs> angle here. It was like they signed a guy that year for four <laughs> years. The dumb. next day. <laughs> <laughs> At $5 million, yeah. right? Talk about a slap in the face to Robin Leonard. Although he wanted more than five, I think he would have settled on five. But don't I remember him saying he was fine with taking short term? I don't remember. Didn't he tweet that out at some point or say that somewhere that he would have taken a short-term deal? To stay with the... Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. That sound, that does sound familiar. I don't know. I don't really know. 
And I'm probably that, that that thought did cross his mind, and he's being legitimate on both sides, right? Like the Islanders probably came in their first offer, or a two million at, at four and a half or whatever it was that he said. And he's like, No, I want three or, or two plus more more years at five. And then they said no. He probably would have been like, okay, well, fine, I'll take your two year deal. And the Islanders are like, well, that's fine, we're not interested anymore. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, that's kinda that's what I think happened too. But it also didn't seem like he has like bad blood for the Islanders. Like he he said that like he has a ton of respect for Lamarillo and Trotz and like, I don't know, he still interacts with Islanders fans online and seems to love coming back to play against the Islanders and stuff. Yeah. I I think he's going to have a lot of love for them because they, they gave him a shot when no one else would and, and they put him on a path or helped put him on a path to where he is now, at least professionally. Um, so like he's making $5 million and, and going to be making six and a half next year because of the work that he did on the island or, or started, yeah. right? Like he still had to do a lot when he went to Chicago and such, um, uh, and, and still work towards that today, but it started by going to the island because Lou Lamarill and Barry Trotz gave him that shot. That's true. So interesting, just some interesting, uh, quotes from that one. So I wanted to, you know, put those out on the pod. Absolutely. My last one here comes from Marco Koivunien. Marco Koivuniemi. My God, sorry about that, Marco. Uh, not necessarily an Islanders fan here, but saying, uh, one Leo to rule them all, one Leo to find them, one Leo to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. I said that too joyfully. Yeah, that was dark. Um, well, that's from Lord of the Rings. Oh. So I'm getting Leo Komarov uh, crossover with Lord of the Rings, which is freaking great. Uh, but the point is that they, they say, hashtag Leo Messi, hashtag Leo Komarov, hashtag Uncle Leo, hashtag PSG, hashtag Isles, hashtag Barcelona, hashtag Lee, or Leo. Uh, and it's just uh, all the Leos, the, the, the important ones, sure. right? It goes Lionel Messi, Leo Komarov, right? I can't think of any others. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, screw that bum. He doesn't count in my book. No, it goes Lionel Messi, Leo Komarov. Those are the only two Leos that matter. There you go. Um, my last one is, uh, showing Barry Trotz some love. So he got put onto Canada team, Canada's coaching staff for the Olympics. How do you feel about that? Him representing your team? Un- unbelievable. That staff right, is like just assisted. That, that staff is unbelievable, dude. Yeah, it is every year, every year. Going to win a gold. If we go, of course it's gold or bust for Canada. It always is. No, absolutely. But when you look at that staff and the potential roster, it should be very, very, very good. Yeah, I wonder how many Islanders players make the Can- Canadian roster and American roster, of course. I- I- I'm capped out at two. Barzal, Pellick are the only two I think makes the Canadian roster. I don't know if Pellick does. I think Barzal definitely does. I think Pellick is a coin flip. Yeah, I think that's just it. It's just the name recognition isn't there, which is stupid because he's elite and it's unquestionable. But, you know, they might bring someone like Dowdy over him. You're going, come on. Guys. Yeah. Like, what the hell are we doing? That's I was just going to say that. Unfortunately, that's going to play a role. He's not as he's not a big name in the NHL. He's just not. He's a no. great player, but they are going to hold that against him. And I could totally see them bringing, you know, a player like Dowdy over instead. For Absolutely. the Americans, I would say. Leah Nelson have to have a pretty good shot, right? I would think so. They've got to have good years. Of course, all these guys have to have good years, but it just it doesn't seem like they're on on the 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 A squad, right? Like the automatic locks to make the list, which is fine. Like Norris Barzal, even you look at some team Canada lists and they don't have him listed at all. They'd rather bring Yanni Gord instead of Matthew Barzal, which is weird. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I I don't know if you if. Honestly, I, I feel better about Lee and Nelson making the American team than I do Barzal, just because I think the uh, the Canadians have more talent to pick from. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we're going to see if they go to the Olympics, that is. Um, but I, I'm excited. Olympic hockey again, NHL hockey, that is. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be, should be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's going to do it. Mitch, we just got to do some plugs in here before we go. Uh, wherever you are listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, give her a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot. You could follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook is facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. 
You can also visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for articles and all that kind of stuff, or download the fan-sided app and uh, find us there. And last but not least, we got to talk about it, the Patreon. ton of bonus content going on over there. For 5 bucks a month, you get post-game podcasts after each and every game during the season. During the off-season, we break down various topics in depth. Uh, we also have a group chat on Discord. There is a mailbag show. What else What else am I miss, missing, Mitch? There's a lot. There's a lot going on, but those are the, the big ones right now. The Discord is always going off. Uh, we, we just added something to the Patreon channel today, uh, and that was just uh, – we had in our mailbag last week someone ask us, and it was Zach Moore, say, one of the worst pads ever in the NHL. And one of the other patrons chimed in on something that we didn't bring up, and that was Trevor Kidd. His pads are horrendous. I'm going to have to look those up. I'm sorry, Trevor, if you're listening, but you had the worst pads in the league ever. Okay, I'm going to have to go look that look that up after this. Now I'm curious. It's absolutely disgusting. So head over to the patrons, see everyone talk about, like, even one of the patrons says, damn you, I can't unsee this post. <laughs> and that's me posting four different pictures of Trevor Kid's pads. They are horrendous. So head over to the patron. That's patron.com slash eyes on aisles. Subscribe oh. today. Oh, I just Googled it. What a what a mistake. <laughs> Don't do it. It's a jump scare. Don't do it. <laughs> That's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.